enriching your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with a little Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration for you. And today I'm wrapping up our tour of our latest best-selling book of dog stories, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Magic of Dogs. There truly is something magical about dogs, right? They have that natural joy and they have that resilience and that protectiveness and it's combined with affection and intuition and courage and a lot of intelligence. And they keep us company and they act as our therapists and they give us that unconditional love and they share in all the ups and downs of our lives. Dogs definitely make us better people. If we rescued them, they rescue us back. If we're sad, they comfort us. And if we need to have more fun, they always show us how. So they are our protectors, our role models, our best friends. And the magic of dogs has been in full force during this COVID-19 pandemic because they have risen to the occasion and they have helped their homebound human families. So here are six ways that dogs have added magic to the lives of the contributors to Chicken Soup for the Soul, the magic of dogs. So here is tip one. Sometimes dogs help you make friends. Judy Salsiewicz was a new retiree when the COVID-19 lockdown occurred. And she found that her energetic Boston Terrier puppy was a great personal trainer. Every morning at 10, Judy and Bug went for their walk in her New Jersey town. But now with an added benefit, because with all the neighbors home too, and her playful puppy by her side, Judy started meeting everyone in the neighborhood. That happy little dog was a great conversation starter. She met one neighbor who apologized, saying that she'd been seeing Judy for 17 years and had never spoken to her. Little Bug was the social director who Judy needed to meet the people whose homes she'd been walking and driving by all those years before she retired. Now she could actually get to know her neighbors. She says, Bug and I obey the six feet of separation rule with members of our community, but in many ways, it's like we're not separated at all. All right, here's your second tip, and this is also COVID-related, and this tip is that dogs remind you to live in the present. So Jennifer Kennedy tells us that when she was 10 years old, it took her an entire summer to teach her Jack Russell Terrier how to sit. Now Jennifer is an adult and the mother of two boys, and she's also responsible for Barkley, who is a black lab mix, who has always been a great friend to the boys. But during the COVID crisis, a homebound Jennifer has suddenly discovered how much Barkley can help her as well. And at the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all really terrified, Barkley would calm Jennifer by spreading his giant body over her lap and forcing her to focus more on the present. Jennifer says, as we adjusted to a new normal, we found we were happiest when we acted like Barkley. The best way to cope with the quarantine was to live like a dog. In a historic period of uncertainty and fear, our smart dog showed us how to face and embrace these days. The secret to navigating this anxious situation was to find solace in the comforts of home, take long walks, play in the backyard, soak up sunshine, and make time to relax and sit. All right, going on to tip three, here's one more COVID story for you. And this tip is let your dog help you. So we get a lot of stories about dogs helping their humans through the shutdown and even even nursing them back to health after they get the virus. In Julie Thiel's case, her elderly parents live right across the street from her, 
which used to make it easy to help them out on a daily basis. But once the COVID-19 crisis hit, they might as well have been miles away as the family had to maintain their distance. Julie could still shop for them and leave groceries outside their door, but what about the social interaction so important to the elderly? After reading that dogs were highly unlikely to carry the virus, Julie came up with a plan. She would use one of her three dogs to deliver cards and small gifts made by her children to their grandparents across the street. The most likely dog was a bust as a messenger. On her first try, she took the package she was carrying, dug a hole, and buried it. So they got the package back, tried the second dog. The second dog took the package and ran away down the street. So then Julie tried the one she thought was the least likely candidate, dog number three. And dog number three, named Stuffy, took that now somewhat bedraggled package right across the street to Julie's parents. Julie says Stuffy received treats and seemed truly proud of himself. He did so well and enjoyed it so much that he continued to deliver cards, pictures, and little items to my parents every day. Now, here are three more tips from our book about the magic of dogs. Here's tip number four. Dogs show you that rules are made to be broken. The medical practice where Holly Green worked was dog-friendly, as long as the doctor's chocolate lab stayed in the back of the office. Patients never saw Hershey until the day that Mrs. B was there for a checkup. At the end of the appointment, Holly wrote up Mrs. B's prescriptions and asked how she was doing, and Mrs. B burst into tears and then revealed that her dog had died the week before. As Mrs. B sobbed and Holly tried to comfort her, Hershey walked into the room. Holly was horrified that the dog had invaded the patient area, but Hershey headed straight for the grieving woman and put his head in her lap. He wasn't wagging his tail and looking for attention the way he normally would. He was quiet and respectful and there for one purpose, to comfort the crying stranger. When she had calmed down, Hershey quietly returned to his normal location in the doctor's office in the back. Holly says, to my knowledge, and I worked in that office for many years, Hershey never entered a patient room again. But he was there that day when he was needed and he did just the right thing. So that was one intuitive dog, right? And speaking of intuition, dogs are natural therapists. So that's our tip number five, to let your dog be your therapist. And this is a story from Ashley Simpson, who spent a night in the hospital on suicide watch. And after that, her husband once again suggested that they get a puppy because he felt it would help Ashley deal with her bipolar depression. Ashley says, this puppy idea was his last Hail Mary attempt to catapult me out of this despair and back into the land of the living. She agreed, finally, and they went off to the shelter to choose a dog. The mid-sized black dog Ashley adopted turned out to intuitively know how to calm her anxiety and depression, and she also gives Ashley a reason to get up each morning. Ashley says, more than a year later, Cricket accompanies me everywhere I go. She lies at my feet when we go to restaurants. She soothes my anxiety and panic attacks when we wind our way through crowded stores. 
when my bipolar depression flares up and I struggle to get out of bed, she presses her cold nose beneath the blankets until I remember that I have something to live for. Ashley says that she is not cured, but her dog, who is now officially becoming a service dog, has made a big difference. She says, we win together, one small victory at a time. And finally, here's tip six. You can learn to reject stereotypes. Scott Elliff and his wife were in mourning for their dog when they decided to try fostering for a local animal shelter. Their first foster was a success, and the little dog they hosted was adopted by a family. And when it came time to foster again, they were asked to take a large, friendly pit bull who didn't get along with the other dogs at the shelter. Now, Scott had always heard bad things about pits, and he was not in favor of having this dog in their home. But this outwardly scary dog turned out to be a sweetheart, gentle, affectionate, eager to please. And using simple techniques like a longer leash calmed her anxieties too, and she started behaving better around other dogs. Still, the prejudice against pit bulls kept her from being adopted, so Scott and his wife kept fostering her. But then one day, somebody wanted to adopt her, and Scott was heartbroken. And when that adoption fell through, you know what happened. Scott and his wife officially adopted that formerly unwanted pit bull. And Scott says, strangely, I no longer see the beast in her, only her magnificence and beauty. I can't imagine life without her. So I was really happy that we got that story from Scott because I think it's so important for us to highlight in our books the successful adoptions of dogs that are often left behind in the shelters, whether they're pit bulls, large black dogs, or senior dogs. We make an effort to include as many stories as we can about those categories of dogs because we want to open our readers' eyes to all the kinds of dogs that make great pets. We work closely with American Humane, which is the nation's oldest animal welfare organization, so that we can promote adoption from shelters. And in fact, we donate royalties from our cat and dog books to American Humane to support the great work that they do. I'm Amy Newmark, and I want to thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Let your friends and family know about it if you're enjoying it. And if you have family members who are new to podcasts, show them how to get the podcast on their phones or computers. If you'd like to learn more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, the magic of dogs, go to our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button. You'll see the book there. You can check out the front cover and the back cover, read about it. And you'll find the book wherever books are sold, including Walmart, Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Amazon. Come back next time for a sneak preview of our next book, which is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number. We're going to chat with Joy Jones, who founded a very cool group in Washington, D.C., which has brought back the fun of jumping double dutch. That's jump roping. And it's for people of all ages, And they have even gone on tour internationally.